All right, I have a question I want to start with today, and this is our question. Has God ever spoken to you? Now, I know we say, yes, in Scripture, God speaks all the time, and that is very true. God speaks to us through Scripture, but take that out of the question, has God ever spoken to you? Uh, let me tell you a story about a time that God spoke to me, and, and listen to this. So this, when I was in college, I spent several summers living on the Navajo Indian Reservation, and I worked with a missionary there and did a lot with their teens and a lot with the church there. Uh, there was a group from California who would come there and do a VBS every summer. So I got to be good friends with a lot of those teenagers and a lot of the chaperones, and we communicated a little bit at other times of the year. Well, it had been six or seven months since I had talked to anybody from California. And I, I went to work one night. I was a janitor at Ezel Harding cleaning the middle school. I went to work one night, had not thought about the people in California in a long, long time, but that night, for some reason, I kept thinking about Roseanne. Roseanne was one of the chaperones of the group. And I just started wondering, I wonder how Roseanne's doing. I wonder what's going on with them. I wonder uh, what's going on in her life. This thought just kept coming to me over and over and over until finally I decided I would go give her a call. Now, before cell phones, calling people was difficult. You had to like charge it to your home phone and you know, it, it was hard. But I, I worked through all that. I gave her a call. We talked for about 20 minutes, great conversation. And as it came to an end, she said to me, she said, I just want you to know, I've been very depressed lately. And I was sitting here tonight praying that somebody would come to me who would be able to encourage me. She said, you are the answer to that prayer. Now, as I thought back on that later, I thought all it was was I was just thinking about calling her. It wasn't like God spoke to me and said, give her a call. It was just a thought that I had, and I just couldn't quit thinking about it. This is, sorry, my clicker is very slow. This is what I'm calling the I ought to principle. I ought to. That's where you have a thought, and you're like, I ought to do this. And I believe that sometimes, uh, sometimes God speaks to us through that. For instance, I ought to go pray with that person, just some thought you have. I ought to speak to that visitor over there. I ought to invite that person to supper. Sorry, I'm having a hard time with this clicker. I ought to give them a call. I ought to pay for their meal. I ought to volunteer to help at Fusion. <laughs> uh, we all experience these I ought to moments. The thing where, where you just have this thought and say, I ought to go do something. Now, here's what I think, or first let's define it. So here's, what, here's the way we define it. Um, sometimes our ought to thoughts are really, and I don't know what that says, uh, our, our ought to thoughts are really God speaking to us. Sometimes, not every time, sometimes when we are thinking, I ought to go do something, that is really God telling us to go do something. Sometimes it's just an idea. You know, you just have good ideas. But sometimes it is God speaking. That's what I call the I ought to principle. We're not talking about voices from the clouds. We're not talking about, sorry. We're not talking about prophesying the future. We're not talking about something that only happens to these super Christians. It's not something that's really 
real spiritual thing. It's just an idea that we have. Our grandparents called that the providence of God. Our, our grandparents, most of our grandparents would not dare say God spoke to them, right? But they would say, how did you know to do that for that person? Well, it was just the providence of God. God just worked it out. And if you need to call it that, call it that. Allow me to say God's speaking to us, but it's God working. That's, what, that's what's happening. It is simply acting on ideas that might be from God. I have to kind of do this to make it, make it work. Of course, we're not talking about anything that's illegal. We're not talking about anything that's immoral. We're not talking about things that are impossible, something you can't do. We're not talking about on behalf of others where you say, God told me that you should go do this. It's none of that. <laughs> it's not every single thought that we have. It's not stupid things. Teenagers, when you say, well, God told me to jump off that bridge, we're not talking about those things. How do I know if it's a, an, an I ought to principle that's from God? Well, first of all, all glory to God in what you're doing. If what you're doing is totally glory to God, if it's for the purpose of serving God, then we need to be, be paying attention to that idea. And even when it's not specifically something God's telling us to do, if it's still a good thing that we're doing for God, then we need to pay attention to that I ought to principle. Way too often, the I ought to's don't happen. Uh, several years ago, I was at Winter Flame, sitting there with Debbie, looking out across the crowd of everybody who was there, and I saw the Lindsay's and the Powell's sitting there. And I said, Debbie, we ought to babysit their boys. Not all at the same time, of course, but we ought to babysit their boys and give them a date night. And Debbie said, that's a great idea. A year later, I'm sitting at Winter Flame, and I'm looking out across the crowd there, and I saw the Powells and the Lindsays, and I said, Debbie, we ought to babysit their kids. We had never done it. Finally, that time, I said, I'm going to commit. And I went to them, and I said, we're going to babysit your, your boys so you can have a date night. We had to, like, make that commitment so then they would hold us to it. The, sometimes our, our I ought to moments, they just keep going and going, and they don't happen. Okay, I thought this was going to be the simplest sermon you've heard all year, but we're kind of having difficulty getting through this. Today's sermon is very simple. It is very, very easy. All that I want to do, to do today is just challenge you to change your I ought to to I'm going to. Just very simple. We have ideas. Sometimes they're from God. Sometimes they're just good things. So let's act on them. Let's take those ideas and change them into something where, where we're, we're going to work with those. This is Sarah Hart. I taught with her for several years at Wright. Great believer in God. Um, she, uh, her, another teacher, and myself, we started a, a morning prayer thing for teachers every Monday. Now we have about 20 teachers that would get together and pray. A strong believer in God. Sarah uh, became pregnant right at the end of COVID. It's right as we had come back to school. And of course, at that time, we didn't know what COVID did to, to an unborn child or someone who was pregnant. I don't know if we still do yet or not, but, but it was a very high concern about that. Well, so during that time, as we're coming back to school, Sarah's pregnant. Um, one day, I got word that she had gone home with a fever. And you know, 
with COVID, if you got choked on food, it was COVID, right? It, it, like everything was COVID. So we immediately assumed that she was going home with COVID. And I have to tell you, I panicked. I, I had not been praying about that baby. I had not been praying about her. I, I had not hardly thought about it. But suddenly I panicked. I was like, she probably has COVID. And here this, this child and her and, and just all the things that are with that. And so I said, I'm going to start praying uh, every day about, about Sarah and her baby. Uh, she wouldn't tell us the name of the baby until she was born, so we just called her Baby Heart because Sarah's last name was Heart. And so every day I was praying, God, protect Baby Heart from COVID. Protect Baby Heart from COVID. Every single day, that, that's exactly the words that I said. Protect Baby Heart from COVID. Two weeks after that, we got word her husband had come home with COVID. She was now exposed to COVID, living in the house there. All three of them are exposed to COVID. But for two weeks, I had already been praying that God would protect them. Two weeks prior to it happening, did I prophesy the future? No. Did I foresee something happening? No. All I did was have this I ought to thing, and I acted on it. I ought to pray for her, and I did. And that's how, for two weeks prior to them being exposed to COVID, that I had already been interceding on behalf of that baby. You see, when we, when we listen to those I ought to moments, those are the ones from God, then we are doing exactly what God wants us to do. There's, uh, there's Sophia. Uh, that I, I met the grandmother one time, and she just randomly said, this is the healthiest baby that, that I've ever seen. I was like, yes, because we, we, were, we were praying through COVID before she was even exposed. Because of that, that really struck me when, when all that happened, and I, I was like, God, why? Oh, sorry, my microphone is falling down. I was, God, why? Why me? I mean, I, I don't go to church with her. I, I'm not, uh, we're just co-workers. Why was I the one that prayed for that baby like that? And maybe there were a lot of others, I don't know. But because God gave that message to me, I said, I'm going to pray for that baby from now on. And so on the dashboard of my Jeep right now, I have, this is up on the top window, I have the, the name of all my kids. And then I have two other kids that I pray for. And Sophie is one of those people. Every day when I leave for work, I pray for Sophie. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the purpose is, except that I said I ought to do that. And so now I'm doing that. I don't know how long God will have me praying for Sophie. That name might be replaced at some time in the future, or, or I might pray for her the rest of my life. But it was an I ought to moment that God responded to, that I want to be faithful to. Change your I ought to to I'm gonna. Change your I can't to how. Uh, I was eating at uh, O'Charlie's over in Brentwood when it was still there. Came out, got in my car, started to drive away, and I looked over and there was a man that had a flat tire. And I said, I ought to go help him. He, he, he looked Middle Eastern. His, his wife had the, the head stuff on, so I knew they were probably Muslim. And I immediately knew that I was going to have to say something to them 
about why I was there. And I was like, God, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this. I can help change a tire, but how do I say this? And, and I'm not good at talking to people I don't know. And the whole time that I was helping him, I was like, God, how do I do this? How do I do this? I was really hoping it would take longer to give me more time before I, I had to say something. But when it was over, God helped me. And I just I said, you and I obviously worship two different gods. And I said, I just want you to know that my God would not allow me to drive by without stopping to help you. And so that's why I stopped. My God wanted me to do that. He said, thank you, we parted, and that was it. The whole time I was like, God, how do I do this? Sometimes all we can do is just say how. And I'm throwing this story in because I just love this story. Um, I, I, we were, I was here at church one time. There was a Hispanic couple out in the back there, and their car was broken down, and they needed jumper cables. I just happened to have jumper cables. We got them out. We got the car going. I just love helping people. It's fun. And uh, we talked a little bit. When it was over, I was driving home, and, and I prayed. I said, God, that was fun. I, I like, you know, I like being able to help people. I said, I've got jumper cables still in the car. How about if you help me find somebody else who needs their car to be jumped? Uh, don't cause it to happen for me, but let me be there at the time. And, I, and so uh, I talked with God about that. Two days later, I'm at the, the gas station at Nipper's Corner, the one there in the corner that's all different now. I'm getting gas. I, I get back in the car. I start to pull. I pull around, and I'm turning around and going around the edge of the, the gas station. And all of a sudden, I thought, did I put the cap back on my gas tank? Like, I don't think I did. And so immediately, I just pull over into a parking space. I get out and I go check the cap on the car. It's on. I, I put it back on. I don't know how I didn't know that. And so I, I check it. I look up and I'm right next to a truck and there's a guy just standing there like this. <laughs> and I, I look at him and I said, sir, do you need some help? And he said, yeah, my car's broken down. It won't start. I said, I mean, do you need jumper cables? He said, yes, I think that would help. And I said, I've got them. I pulled jumper cables out. We hooked it up. The truck started right up. And, and, and so as that's happening, I'm like, God, how do I, what do I say? I mean, I, I know I need to somehow say this. And so I'm praying to God, how do I say this? So when it was over, I said, do you go to church anywhere? He said, yes, I'm Nazarene somewhere. I said, I said, let me tell you something. A couple days ago, I helped people uh, jump their car, and I prayed. I said, God, take me somewhere where I can help somebody again. I said, obviously, God brought me to you. So I want you to know God is taking care of you, and, and he did that right here. And the guy said, uh, thanks. And, and I, was like, I was like, okay, thanks. And I, I left real quick. It was kind of awkward after that. But the point is, like, like how, did I, how did I know to stop right there? I didn't. It was just some, some thought. That one was actually about a gas cap. But something caused me to pull right into the exact spot where we answered the prayer of some guy that was needing help. And it was God. That was God working. When, when, we, when we start responding to the things that God's giving us, God starts doing great things. We don't have to be some great spiritual giant in God's kingdom doing great things. We're just normal people who say, God, I'm here. Help me to know what to do.
change your I'll do it to here we go. One of my favorite uh, Bible stories and on the fun meter in the uh, Bible stories, this one I think is just great. It's Jonathan and his armor bearer. Uh, I think the Israelites had, if I remember right, it was about 600 soldiers. There were two swords in the whole group. And of course, the king had one, and the king's son had one. Um, the, the Philistines were up on the, up on the cliffs overlooking. They were surrounded. I mean, it was pretty hopeless. I mean, things did not look good here. Jonathan got his armor bearer, and he said, hey, I have an iota moment. He said, we ought to go up there and fight those Philistines. And I always think about that armor bearer. Uh, the Bible says armor bearer said, all right, let's go. He didn't even have a sword either. It was just Jonathan. But Jonathan said, let's do it. We ought to go up there and fight them. They went to the bottom of the cliff. Uh, they hollered up to them. Or Jonathan told the armor bearer, he said, I'm going to holler up to them. If they say we're coming down, then we'll fight. But if they say, come on up, then we know God's delivered them into our hands. And as the armor bearer, I'm, I'm thinking I would say, good, I like that, the second one. Let's go back to the first one, though, real quick. So they're coming down, and we're just going to fight. Well, they hollered up to them. They said to them, come on up, we'll fight you. Jonathan climbed that cliff. They fought them. You remember the, the 598 soldiers who didn't have any swords that morning? By the end of that day, they all had swords. Jonathan led into that battle, uh, taking out those Philistines. The soldiers heard it. They came running up. They joined the battle. Uh, it was great things that happened. And, and it happened because Jonathan had this iota moment, and he said, here we go. Let's do this. Let's get going. Sometimes you're going to be faced with some iota moments, and you're going to have to say, let's just do it. Here we go. We're going to get this done and you start moving through it. So what if you do something like that? You're like, okay, I'm gonna act on this and nothing happens. Well, there's collateral impact. You don't know what the ripples of your, of your actions. You don't know who all else they might affect. A delayed impact. You might do something for somebody who kind of rejects you at the time, but as it continues to play on them, it, it, it will begin to have an impact in the future. You might be laying up treasures in heaven. We know that God has called us to serve people and do good things for people. Part of what you're doing might just be the fact that you're laying up treasures in heaven. It might just be a simple offering to God. You're just saying, God, this sounds good. I'm going to offer this to you because I want to be your servant. What if I look silly doing something? I act on this and I'm like, everybody thinks I'm silly. Do you know every time I preach, there's always this moment where I think, God, this just isn't working. It's just not making sense. And I'm afraid I'm going to make a fool of myself. And my prayer is, God, please don't let me make a fool of myself. I, I, I'm, and and that's, that's not joking. That really is a prayer. God, don't let me make a fool of myself. But then I always say, but God, if I need to make a fool of myself for you to be glorified, then let that happen. But please don't let it be this time. Please let it be a different time. Uh, we, we just have to say anything for God. When, when I have an idea and it may just fall flat and be dumb, anything for God. Whatever I can do for God is what I want to do. Uh, what if I'm wasting my time? So do you really think that when you get to heaven, they're going to say, you just kept encouraging people all the time. You kept doing things for people, being nice. Why did you waste your time doing that? 
It's never going to be a waste of time. If we are acting on the things that we feel like God is showing us to do, it is never a waste of time. Uh, this family, who I never grew up speaking Spanish, and I cannot say their last name, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, this family, members here at Antioch, uh, a great family here, they have a restaurant, the Nashville Venezuelan Food, I believe it's called. Um, uh, you need to go eat there. I've been trying to take the middle schoolers there, and we can't seem to get there. But you need to go visit this restaurant. They had an idea that they were having difficulty getting to church on Sundays because they always have to rush off and be there at the restaurant. They said, we ought to close on Sunday. The day that they make the most money. And you know what they decided to do? They're closing on Sunday. So the... Yes, so that their family can be here with us for worship, so that their daughter can be in class. It, it, was, it was an I ought to moment that they are acting on. And we are still in the early parts of that, like it has just happened. But I think in a couple years, we'll be able to tell stories about how that turned out, how, how good that was. Uh, right here, we have this cross. Those of you who have been to camp, you know that this cross has been a, a very significant part of camp. Um, for, I, I know I found pictures 10 years ago that had it. I don't know how far back it goes. Uh, we know that, that this symbol is nothing, uh, nothing spiritual. We know that this, this thing is not something holy. But this cross carries a message with it. When you look at the roughness of it, the nails, the, the blood stains on that. That carries a message with it that at camp, often on, on Thursday night is kind of the, the focal point of our, our biggest part of camp, our, our deepest spiritual part. This cross is usually right there in the middle of that time. And, and it is something that, that has pointed people to Jesus. When we talk about Jesus being on the cross and we look at that, it just, it, it helps that process. This cross came about because a man, Paul Frazier, had an I ought to moment where he said, I ought to build a cross. He didn't know why. He didn't know what the purpose was going to be. He just wanted to make something that would, that would convey better than our little two by fours that we nail together and have at camp, something that would convey what the cross must have been. He built that cross in his garage I know that he, he probably went through the crucifixion himself thinking about that as he built that. And when it was done, he came to me, he said, you want to cross for camp? I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll take one. I didn't know what we were getting. He just gave it to us and just said, it's yours. Do with it what you want to. And it has been at camp year after year after year and will still be there. He, his, his IATA moment years ago, is still producing fruit now. He didn't even know why he was doing that, but it's still producing fruit now. You see, sometimes we just have those iota moments and we just need to respond to them. Here's a picture um, of, of one of our devotionals, and it's there. It's always right there somewhere. Uh, the Hernandez family. Uh, I'll probably cry on this one because I, I feel very close to this. Um, I did this lesson for the teenagers about a year ago on a Wednesday night. And 
that Sunday morning, right after that, so that was Wednesday night, that Sunday morning, Goyo got up to preach and he showed a picture of several of the people that we support in Venezuela. This is one of the pictures that he showed. I looked at that picture and I thought, that girl right there looks like she might be in middle school. She probably would be a part of my middle school class if they were here. And, and I thought, I ought to make her a member of our class. And when I said, I mean, I, in my mind, I said that, and immediately I said, oh no, that, that's what I was talking about Wednesday night. That means I have to do this. <laughs> I, I have to follow through with it. So I got up and I walked to the middle school class that day and I said, you all remember Wednesday night? Yes, we reviewed it. Uh, I had an iota moment. We need to make her a part of our class. I had no idea what, how to do that. Like, like, I didn't know what to do. But I knew we were supposed to. So we said, how do we make her a member of a class? At the time, we didn't even know her name. We found out later it was Christiani. Uh, how do we make Christiani a part of our class? Uh, we weren't sure. So then we came up with the idea, what if we gave her a chair in our room so that we always know that she's here? And, and my thought in this, as I was thinking about it, was this will help our middle schoolers to kind of be invested in, in this mission here in Venezuela, and it'll make them feel connected to it. And so we said, why don't we give her a chair? So we took a chair, we hung a, a piece of paper on it that said, this is Christiani's chair. Uh, um, and, and so she was right there with us. Uh, later, we said, she needs a better chair than that. So we began to think about how do we give Christiani a better chair. So at Christmas this past year, we, uh, we made Christiani a chair and we presented it to the class. It was a, a chair for her, but it stays with us. So this was Christiani's chair that we made. It's designed kind of like the uh, Venezuelan flag um, and it, it's, it's reserved for her right there, for Christiani. It, it is... It is our hope <laughs> I told you I would cry. It's our hope that Christiani will sit in this chair one day. That that she will be here. My hope is that it happens at camp. And I picture this chair being up front. She walks in and sits down. We all jump up and scream and holler and yell. It started with an iota moment, and, it, and it's progressing. Um, we then wrote letters to her. You see, we, uh, a bunch of our kids wrote a letter. We sent her a picture. They wrote it in English. We had it translated into Spanish. She then wrote back. She loves art. You can see Ryan talked about football, and she drew footballs on his. She wrote back to all of the students who wrote her. We began that communication with each other. Uh, we found out her birthday was June 15th, so it's about to happen. We, uh, we brought all these gifts and we packed this box full of art supplies and all kind of things that we sent her. So it is currently probably in the ocean right now, traveling, uh, traveling over there. Uh, it's getting there. Um, wait, oh, let, me, let me wait just a second. So we're about to play the video. Um, I, so the, what has begun to happen with this, I... This started as me thinking, well, we, this is going to be good for my kids here in middle school. It's going to help them be invested in, in Venezuela. As we've prayed about it more, I'm really beginning to think that this is more about Christiani. I'm thinking that Christiani 
is, is going to be a powerful uh, force in God's kingdom in Venezuela. I think that what we're doing is building up Christiani to let her know that people are praying for her and to encourage her to seek after God so that Christiani pursues God in a way that, that makes her strong in Venezuela. And I believe that someday, uh, Christiani and the Christians in Venezuela are going to be sending missionaries to the United States telling the people there about God. I just think that'll happen. But it all starts with just an iota moment. Just something where we said, we ought to just do this. It was simple. It was easy. And we just started acting on it, and now it's growing. Uh, let me show you the video from Christiane. So she didn't speak English. We started communicating with her, and then just a month or two ago, we hey got guys, this video. Guys, I here. am Christiane. I want to say hello because you are very special to me. I wanted to tell you that I am studying English, so I can communicate with you. I hope I can see you in person one day. I love you so much. God bless you. Bye. Hey guys, I am Christiani. I want to say... Okay, so that's Christiani. She has started studying English. She wants to be able to talk to us. Um, someday she's going to come here. We're going to pay to bring her to camp, and uh, I think it's going to be a good thing. All right, very simple sermon. Just, just act on the things that, that you think about, the things that are good, the things that are of God. Um, I, I, I do want to say, so I've told you a lot of stories, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm bragging. I've been a Christian for 46 years, and now I've told you every story that I have over 46 years that go with this topic. <laughs> It's not like great things are happening. It, it, there should be so much more. But if we all start to just act on those iota moments, just, just when you get an idea about something good you need to do for somebody, follow through with it. Just do that. Just move forward with it. Some of them will just be good things that you do, and it, it'll just be nice. Some of them will be God telling you that you were supposed to do that, and it's going to have a big impact, and it's going to make a big difference in people's lives. Okay, we're about to have a time where uh, the elders come down and we come down and pray with them. And you know what? I guarantee you there's a lot of people here who think I ought to go down there and ask them to pray about this. You know how I know that? Because I do that all the time. Don't just think it. Start right here. When you think I ought to go down there and ask them to pray for something, just come on down. Uh, I sit over here with Todd and Stephen, and I've seen them have to get up and come down when there were too many people. If it gets too crowded, there'll be more people who come to pray with you, okay? Sometimes you may look and think, I need to go pray with somebody else in here. Just go on and go do it. Act on those iota moments, okay? Let's, uh, let's have a time of, of more praise and worship here, and let's think about what we've talked about.